So providing a process improvement or efficiency gains through technology is really what we're trying to get after. And, um, you know, it helps them scale too. I mean, that's really kind of the point behind us leveraging some of the tools that we're going to talk about today. Welcome to episode one of the Pursuit Desk, our adventures in business development, marketing, and sales enablement technology. Uh, with us today, I have Mike Scariano, who is the Executive Vice President for Nudesic's uh, sales organization. Uh, he's been with Nudesic for, what, is it 11 years, 12 years? 12 years this past April, hit my anniversary, yep. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a long time. So um, in, in, before- in Nudesic dog years, it's probably like, 60. <laughs> yeah, right. And you've aged 60. <laughs> um, but now before, um, so a little bit about yourself in terms of like your role at Nudesic, kind of what is like a day in the life of, of Mike? What do you, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So, um, you know, we have a field selling organization that's made up of about 20 people. Uh, amongst 12 offices throughout the U.S., from Southern California, where our corporate office is, up to PAC Northwest, uh, through the Desert Mountain region, uh, and then into Texas, which we have an office in Houston and Dallas. And then uh, we have our East region, which is made up of of Chicago, uh, New York, uh, the tri-state area, and then the mid-Atlantic region, which is Philadelphia. And then we have a small footprint in Atlanta covering the Southeast. And uh, my field sales team is chartered with net new client acquisition growth, um, working the relationship with our alliance partners, uh, at the top of that is Microsoft. And then uh, there's ancillary partners that are ISVs with Microsoft that we've worked closely with, like Databricks and Nintex as an example. And, and their chart really is net new client acquisition and expansion within uh, their existing accounts and portfolios. So, um, you know, they're the front line. They work closely with the field teams in terms of um, the pre-sale support and, and uh, the delivery teams and how they're how do they go about trying to acquire net new clients and putting together proposals and, and statements of work and things of that nature. So um, all up, uh, I'm chartered with the growth of the company as it relates to sales. So we have a $120 million sales budget, if you will, for 2020. We've had a great first quarter, um, really the first four months, and May looks to be pretty stable as well. Uh, it's just unfortunate we've gone through this crisis um, just based on our momentum was so good uh, from 2019 into 2020, but that momentum is carrying us through these tough times. So, um, you know, we're, we're enhancing some systems, we're tweaking some processes, which I think is, you know, part of the reason why we're having this podcast is just to talk about the, the benefits we're seeing from the icon platform and efficiency gains that we've, we're trying to achieve, uh, you know, as we've slowed down a little bit. Yeah. So then, um, in terms of, it sounds like you have you have sellers that are in each one of your um, each one of your regions. Now, how? So the sellers aren't necessarily technology experts, right? So they're they're more kind of relationship sellers. I mean, some of them do have right. a technology background, but they're not necessarily deep in technology. So how is it that they? Because writing proposals and pitches and all that stuff, you know, especially in a technology organization, is requires technologists. So how do they sure. how do they typically engage with the technologist community? Yeah, so I, I mean, the, the the tenure of the selling community at Nudesic ranges from you know new reps that are in their first year 
all the way up until reps that have been with me for 12 plus years uh, or the company for 12 plus years. And, you know, I think over the years, they've become more technical, but by no means are, are the selling community at Nudesic, and we call them ECEs, enterprise client executives, by no means are they technical in nature, like our delivery community. So what we sell is very complex and um, we're selling a solution that, that you know, has an ROI that, that our, my sales community has to articulate what the value is to the client, how we're solving pain points. But when it gets down into the technical aspects, uh, there's a whole team of people that provide pre-sales support um, from technical client directors to director of solutions. These are roles within our organization uh, to the field level consultants, principal consultants, um, and some senior consultants get involved. Um, so not one seller in my entire team could sell a solution by themselves. It's, mm. uh, it's impossible. Um, they just don't have the technical understanding. So it's imperative how we sell as a team and, um, and processes that go behind that. So it's definitely a team oriented approach um, from the smallest opportunities that might be a proof of concept to very complex multi-million dollar solutions. Got it. And then, um, so because those consultants are billable resources, you know, working on client engagements, what is the, the process or what is the, is there friction that gets created because you're actually engaging with, with billable resources for, you know, sales-based activities? Yeah, it's a great question. There's a balancing act between, um, you know, taking care of customers and their needs from a, a delivery perspective and then, you know, utilization targets that we want to hit from an organization. So there are definitely roles that have modified billing expectations um, and their charter is also to help sell and grow our business. So um, those are more of the senior level people that get involved in the pursuits. Um, but we have a pursuit desk and a pursuit process that we go through. Um, you know, there are metrics that, that um, go into the process behind that. But at the end of the day, a, a strategic opportunity could be something very small because the size of that organization lends itself to being a long-term client for us. So, um, so the process has, has gotten a lot more rigorous over the years. Uh, it's gotten a lot more mature and um, you know, everybody within the field organization understands their role. So I, you know, depending on the size of the market, I would say that there's, you know, anywhere from a half a dozen to a dozen people that get involved in pretty much every pursuit uh, from a regional standpoint. And then there's a layer, Jason, of um, national technical client directors that, you know, they're thought leaders within our company. They're focused on innovation, building IP, solutions, accelerators, and frameworks. But from a very, very strategic client pursuit standpoint, those guys get involved in, in multiple pursuits across the country. They're more national in focus. Um, and there's a protocol and a process that we have to go to to get those guys allocated properly. Uh, because they could be involved in, you know, four or five pursuits at one given point in time. Yeah. So do you think that the, you know, the number of pursuits, um, just that workload is, is a lot? Like, would you like to, to see them be able to, to actually support more um, opportunities? Or do you think that that, you know, four to five opportunities is, is a good number? You know, I, I would love to see them scale. Um, they're all super talented, you know, they're, They've been with the company. They have great tenure with the organization. It's just, we, you know, they represent um, each one of our service lines from a discipline standpoint. And, you know, it would, yeah, I'd love to have more access to them. Um, so providing a process improvement or efficiency gains through technology is really what we're trying to get after. And, um, 
you know, it helps them scale too. I mean, that's really kind of the point behind us leveraging some of the tools that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. That's interesting. So um, as it relates to, you know, I guess the process by which, you know, you're getting new business, um, you know, can you speak to me a little bit about, you know, like what, what is, where do you typically get your new business from? Yeah, so there's a there's multiple channels that we leverage as a sales organization to acquire net new clients. Um, I look at it from the standpoint of we have an inside sales team in a marketing organization that um, you know minus the the current crisis we're in, they do a lot of public facing events. That's a lead source for us. Inside sales is another lead source for us. Um, our existing Nudesic consultant base. Uh, and their own personal and professional networks is a lead source for us. Um, and then I then I would look at our alliances as a big piece of, of how we generate net new business, uh, both from the Microsoft and the ancillary partners that are a little bit smaller in nature. But, um, you know, right now, that piece is probably one of the biggest lead demand gens for us is the alliance side. Um, the collaboration we have with Microsoft and our other alliances is that at the highest level it's been in many, many years, I think due to the current crisis we're in. And um, that's generating a lot of net new client activity for us. Um, usually they start small in that proof of concept kind of category where it's a, you know, anywhere from a 15 to a $50,000 proof of concept or proof of value. And then it's beholden upon us to expand and grow and get those POC solutions into production. Um, so leveraging all those channels and then obviously the sellers have their own personal and professional networks. Um, if, if you combine all of those into a pie, you know, uh, there's, if there's equitable distribution from all the channels, you know, it makes the life of a seller a lot easier. Hmm. Um, and you know, some markets leverage certain aspects of that channel differently. Uh, but our goal as an organization is to get the sellers to leverage it equitably. Um, so there's not, you know, they're not just beholden on themselves to generate new business because it's just going to be a lot tougher and it's going to take a lot longer. Yeah. What about, um, like cross selling, right? So, you know, you have a client, you're doing business in a particular practice area. Um, talk to me a little bit about cross selling and, and is that something that you do? And, and if so, what, what are some of the strategies that you might employ to do that? Yeah, I think, you know, cross selling comes in multiple facets for us. It's, you know, references and referenceable stories from one industry to the next or in the same industry is, is super powerful. So the challenge that we've faced at Nudesic is now that we're a national organization, we've scaled across 12 cities. You know, I think we do collaborate very well internally, but, um, you know, people that are local to their regions really don't get exposed to everything that, that we want them to get exposed to. Um, and that's really a point of focus right now for us. We want them to understand what Dallas is doing and Dallas is doing well versus New York versus PAC Northwest versus Southern California. So sharing of that knowledge, sharing of those stories, sharing the successes we've had with clients, um, how we leverage our relationship with Microsoft to better engage with our customers. Um, all that collaboration is, is getting fine tuned now. And, um, it allows for diversity within our client base. We want very diverse uh, portfolios of clients where we're doing multiple workloads, um, not only with IT, but with line of business groups. And we continue to expand that footprint in accounts. Um, you know, we, we, we use the multi-million dollar account as kind of a benchmark for us that, you know, year over year, we continue to grow that 
segmentation of our business. But um, now it's becoming more and more prevalent that we, we share in those stories to get to that result. Um, so again, the, the, you know, the icon platform and the, and the way we're implementing that, um, sharing those stories, sharing the, the, the skills of our consultants is super, super uh, important for us right now. Probably more important than it's ever been specifically where we're in with the crisis. Yeah. And we, um, you know, so when we started the, um, the icon implementation, it was really all about, you know, kind of giving um, the sellers a place to go to kind of learn about, um, you know, what it is that we do, so to speak. And so um, recently you actually came to us with a, with a challenge that was more focused on obviously with, with the COVID thing happening um, resources were hitting quote the bench. Um, and right. so you wanted to do this kind of, um, you know, aggressive placing of those individuals. So tell me a little bit about what, um, you know, what you would do in years past and kind of how it's changed um, leveraging icon and technology to, to make it better. Sure. Sure. Great question. Uh, you know, I think we've struggled in the past with um, keeping our bios or our CVs of our consultants up to date um, after each engagement that they complete uh, you know, they can put it in writing. So um, new technologies they've learned, new technologies they've embraced uh, different solutions that they've um, generated for customers. And, you know, what are the ROI on those solutions? We want to capture all that in Intel. And it's been a challenge, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's typically in the form of a Word doc or a PDF. And, you know, it doesn't get updated all the time. And consultants move on to their next engagement. Well, we wanted to automate that process. And, you know, we made a commitment to our employees that we weren't going to consider layoffs for, you know, 90 days as we get through this crisis. And, you know, we did see a little bit of a slowdown and we had consultants hit our bench due to the economic situation. Some clients like in the you know, hospitality uh, vertical or the airline vertical, I mean, those businesses are really getting hit pretty hard. So some of those workloads stopped and consultants hit the bench quickly. We wanted an ability to market those consultants uh, from a remote workforce standpoint across the U.S. So we wanted their skills to be exposed to um, the rest of the company and salespeople real time. So instead of, you know, going down this manual process of updating a bio or a CV, we wanted it to be online. We wanted it to be automated. We wanted there to be, you know, up front and center. These are the people that just came available, what their skills are, uh, what their level is and all that stuff. And it's just dramatically changed how we go to market, how, how fast we can um, adapt to certain economic changes. So, it's really been enlightening. I, I'm super thrilled with it. The teams in the field love it. And, um, and it's giving the consultants more exposure to each other, which mm -hmm. is promoting, you know, more peer growth within the community of our delivery folks. So I'm a huge fan. It's been, um, it's been instrumental in our growth, um, you know, during this downtime. So, um, you know, one of the things actually that, that you and your team brought up, brought to us was the ability to, um, you know, not only share those bios internally, but also being able to allow a prospect or a client to actually come in and review that bio. So what, you know, what was kind of the impetus behind, you know, that, that ask that we, we implemented? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, in Udesic, during this crisis, we've established what we call a COVID investment program. You know, we have some great, great longstanding clients at Nudesic that, have stood behind us and, and they're going through some tough times and we felt it was imperative that we 
reinvest back into them to keep their business afloat. And, um, you know, we wanted them to have exposure to the people that were available, not only in the local markets that they've definitely received consultants in the past, but now exposure to consultants in other markets that are doing a great job. So based on the automation with the pursuit desk and the icon platform as the foundation, we were able to give them access to different, um, bios of different consultants that might serve their needs that they otherwise wouldn't have had access to. So it's, it's opened up um, a lot of expansion opportunities for us as it relates to, you know, clients in one market getting exposed to consultants in another market and um, trying to create some synergies there. So, you know, that was something we couldn't do before uh, unless yeah. a, a CV was updated and I could manually send it via email. It got lost in the shuffle. It got hit in their spam folder. You know, now it's all automated. It's via a yeah. link. It goes directly to the customer. They can see these people. And it's almost like a menu item, if, if, so to speak, where they can pick certain skills that were that are going to be applicable to their environment, um, and they wouldn't know otherwise. So now yeah. that's all open. It's awesome. Now, how did you um, did the did the sellers kind of play a role in that? Meaning, did they? you know, kind of say, Hey, here are three guys and gals that I think you might be interested in. Like what was the, the seller's role in, in, in that? Yeah. I think the sellers in each of their markets with their portfolio of clients, they know that client's environment pretty well. So, you know, now that they got exposed to all the consultant talent within the company, they could then market those people because, you know, in consulting, you know, travel is always an issue. It's a, mm -hmm. we, we, we take seriously the travel aspects, right? Clients don't want to pay for T&E. Consultants want to stay home and, and work and live in their local markets, you know, spend time with their families, have a nice work-life balance. And, um, and we respect that. But now with everything being remote, it opened up the doors to, you know, leveraging our consultants across the nation as if it was in their backyard. So, um, so the sellers embrace this dramatically. They're like, you know, this is great. Now T&E isn't an issue. The client doesn't have to have a separate line item for travel and expenses. And, um, and now we can, we can serve them from a holistic standpoint. So, you know, it was really the selling community um, asking for this. And, you know, we have a sales operations team that um, really supports the field sales organization. And they solicit this kind of feedback on a, on a daily, weekly basis. What do you need to make your jobs easier, better, more efficient, um, where you can be more successful, ultimately make more money for yourself and, and help the company grow? Yeah, it actually brings up a good point. So you, you talked about um, kind of sales operations. Is that what you, uh, you, that's what you call your team that kind of supports the field sellers? Yeah, so we, we break up our sales operations team um, really under multiple facets, right? There's a sales enablement piece to it. It's all about training and onboarding. And then there's a whole systems element to our sales onboarding team where they focus on um, systems enhancement embracing new platforms that'll help make their jobs easier, more efficient. And then there's a reporting piece. So right now, you know, our reporting piece is, is the most mature, you know, we leverage all the power BI dashboards and um, every seller in the, in the company understands their portfolio, all the aspects, but right now we're really hunkering down on sales enablement and um, systems efficiency. Hence where, you know, they take ownership of the pursuit desk, keeping it up to date, they, they help curate content, uh, you know, they own it as if it's their own system and, and supporting the sales team. That's cool. And so um, 
you know, as it relates to kind of the, the sales enablement, like what are some of the, the biggest challenges that, that you have? Like what are, the, what are the things that the sellers come to you most often with as a, for lack of a better term, a complaint or, hey, I need help doing this. Like what, what are some of the, the issues that, that you think are, you know, consistent? Yep, the, 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 I would say the single commonality across the country is understanding all of our successes in different verticals or domains and, and sharing in those successes. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples. For one, we do anatomy of a win every two weeks. And, and one of the sellers from, uh, we do a round robin, uh, we just rotate through the sales team and they articulate through a very concise template um, what we solved for a client, why we solved it, what the benefits were to a customer. You know, that's one aspect, but that's every, that's twice a month. Yep. We needed something more real time and they wanted it. You know, tell me about what we've done in the financial services uh, specific to capital banking. We have that capability now. Tell me about what we've done in health and life sciences specific to medical device manufacturing or pharma. We have those stories now. We have those case studies. Whether they're public facing and, and we can use the client name or they're anonymized, we have all that information. And it's now aggregated in our pursuit desk so the search capabilities are, are great. They can find that stuff with a couple clicks. And, and, you know, and also the Microsoft collateral in terms of how we sell with and, and for Microsoft is all automated in there as well. So it's really, um, it's really been refreshing to see. You know, I, I, shame on me as the sales leader for not embracing this sooner or earlier. But you know, um, this time kind of forced the hand. So, you know, Amidst all the stuff that we've gone through in the crisis, there's been some positive things that's come out of this, and I think we're going to be a better organization for it. That's cool. Um, so I think the last thing that I wanted to touch on was just the um, kind of the proposal process and kind of, um, you know, mm -hmm. around how Nudesic responds to RFPs and kind of talk a little bit about SOWs as well. So first of all, Nudesic responds to RFPs, right? We do. And I would say up until this year, we were very selective with the RFPs that we would respond to for a couple of reasons. One, you know, is it a target account that we want to go after? Um, is it in our technology sweep spot or does it align with our, some of our IP or solution frameworks? Um, you know, do we have relationships at that client? Uh, are we going to, you know, maybe um, take out a competitor as an example? So all those things come into play, but, you know, starting from scratch every time, very onerous and very manually intensive. So I would say we would err on the side of not doing a lot of RFP responses because of all those factors. Now we've built a template and a library of responses that we've, we've encapsulated over the last 10 years, you know, the best and brightest RFP responses that we have. And we've put that into a catalog of templates and um, we've automated the whole process. So now this year, we've seen a dramatic increase in the responses that we go after, and um, we're seeing a better win rate because mm -hmm. the quality, the professionalism, the detail, all that, all that, all those components are automated now via the pursuit desk. So it's dramatically shifted our win ratio. Um, and our win ratio targets are 50%. We want to win 50% of the time. Mm -hmm. And um, this single process and platform has helped us achieve that. That's awesome, man. Well, good. I, I appreciate your time. I know um, we're all kind of pressed for time. I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day and chatting with us. Um, you know, we're, we're 
looking forward to continuing on adding more new SOW tape capabilities into the pursuit desk and just, you know, continuing to, to drive value to you. So I appreciate your time. You got it. We look forward to it too, Jason. We love the relationship. So thanks for all the support.